Guys and gals, welcome to the second episode of Dude, Check This Out, a music podcast by Hambone Relay. Speaking of Hambone Relay, my name is Rob Tate. I'm your host. I play drums for Hambone Relay. And over there on the computer is Mark Brown. Hey. Yeah, he got the cue this time, too. It's great. And he plays organ. He does the business dealings with Hambone Relay. And uh, this, like I said, this is the second episode of Dude, Check This Out. And uh, here's what this podcast is all about. We talk about local artists or touring artists, and we talk to them about favorite tunes, their bio, things they like in the top 40, things they definitely hate about the top 40, and the last things they've been listening to or checking out. Uh, one quick footnote is there are too many genres, if you call them that. There are too many genres for us to touch on every single one, so if you're angry about it, sorry. Uh, you can send us an email at hambonerelay at gmail.com if there's something that you want us to specifically talk about or an artist that's touring through Philadelphia, which is where we are, and we can uh, interview them if they want. That would be great. With us today is Trap Rabbit, Logan Arjun of Trap Rabbit. What's up, boys? Yo. Yo. What's up? Suck. And that's it's all going to be one-syllable answers today on our podcast. Hey. But like I said, we have different co-hosts every show. <laughs> today we're having these fantastic gentlemen, and they're Philadelphia natives now. No. Yeah. Based. <laughs> no. Certainly Philadelphia-based. Well, originally. We are now, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you guys are both living in Philly now. You oh, live yeah. over in um, I, West Philly? Or no, I am in, I'm in, I'm in Northern Philly. He's in West Philly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in Northern Philly? If you no libs. Guys. No libs. Yeah. Is we play there. no libs? That's where I live. I thought it was fish. Time. I'm sticking to it. Okay. It's a, it's a constant debate about where the line is. Yeah, I don't right? know where that line Cause, is. Because I know it's not Fishtown. I looked up where Heritage. <laughs> okay. Where Heritage. <laughs> okay. I looked no up where mind. Heritage was, and it's it's just below that Northern Liberties line. I was like, thank God I said the post right. Because people, <laughs> when you post on like the, the social medias and you're in the wrong, you say the you. wrong neighborhood. You're like, excuse me, yeah. um, that's actually the west side of Fishtown. Go certain neighborhoods. Were, were you saying that Google West, calls like there's Kensington? No, there's yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no such thing as like West Kensington or something. But if you look on Google, yeah. it says West Kensington. But anyone who actually lives there, right? they're just like it's not. It's just Kensington. Yeah. And they always say it used to be its own town, which it used to be. Anyway, there, there's a lot of pride in different neighborhoods. Just get the name right. Right. Know? Like West Kensington. <laughs> Instagram doesn't know. There. Yeah. Well, apparently you're not from there. Maybe they're going to get like a bunch of emails. Yeah. There's no there's like no pride <laughs> to be had. I don't think it exists. I, I think it's the uh, he who must not be named or something. But, <laughs> mm, there we go. Yeah. Dude, that's great. It'll appear. Well, okay. So, Logan. Yes. You were born in Chicago. Yes, I was born in Chicago. You grew up there as well? I did grow up there, yeah. How yeah, long I, were you in Chicago? Uh, for a while, um, uh, I spent about up until about like, uh, seventh or eighth grade, I lived in the suburbs of Chicago and then I moved into the city after that. So I was in, I was in Chicago proper, um, for five years and then I still go back there sometimes and yeah. Your family lived there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Lots of family, just all in the Midwest and. Were you in the Michigan burbs of the, the city or were you in the city of like- So like up until seventh grade, I was like out in the burbs. But that, even then, that was like 25 minutes out the, outside the city, 30 minutes outside the city. Oh, okay. And then, and then we moved into the city. And then it's, it's, it's better there. It's better inside the city than it is outside the city. It is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, so is there way more crime like outside of the city than in the city? Look, the crime in Chicago is actually very... Uh, 
it's high, right? right? But it's um, super condensed. It's super like um, localized. There's just like little pockets of hardcore crime in Chicago. And then um, a lot of the city is actually really nice. I will say there's also like very, very serious segregation in the city as well. But um, there are parts of the city that are awesome. And then there are parts of the city that are really dangerous and that's just how it is i was lucky enough to not grow up in a super dangerous part i was on the north side of the city um wasn't like wealthy enough to live like right in uh uh, like the gold coast or like the really the super ritzy parts but i was kind of like just you know on on the fringes of that okay okay it was nice there yeah and you had the whole family had like mom dad any Mm -hmm. siblings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how many siblings do you have I have three siblings. Ooh. Okay, oh, yeah. so you four of you. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, now yeah. here's my big question. Okay. Who in the family played? Because well, you're a crazy great <laughs> piano player, keyboard player. Like there had to be somebody. Usually you can tell when somebody had that thing when they grew up. Like, did you have somebody that like you played with, like mom, dad, or anybody? Uh so there's definitely music in my family. My grandma was like she played in the she played clarinet in the Wisconsin Symphony Orchestra or something like that. My grandpa played a bunch of music, but my my dad was the biggest sort of musical motivator. He um, was very serious about classical piano, um, and he played a lot, um, like kind of like waking up two hours practicing and then coming back from school four hours practicing sort of thing. And at some point he actually got to the point where he's like, okay, am I going to actually pursue this professionally? And he said, no. And he went to become a doctor. Probably smart of him to do that. I don't know. We'll, but, we'll, we'll get deeper into, <laughs> yeah, into choices but, later. But definitely. Yeah. And then all, all of my siblings all play music. And oh, they do. Yeah. They're all is it not, a whole band. Did you do the part? Is it the Partridge family? We I, didn't I, necessarily I, all play, but like separately. So my oldest brother plays guitar. We used to like jam in the basement all the time. Uh, my, my sister, so I'm the third, my sister was like into musical theater and and stuff like that so i'd play while she would sing and then my younger brother seven years younger than me i haven't like done much jamming with him but he plays guitar he used to play piano you know he's also very like musically intelligent and stuff oh, that's like that, amazing lots okay, of music so, and art yeah okay so there wasn't like a family thing you but you play with pretty much all of them other than, other than yeah. the younger brother yeah yeah okay um i read an interview with you specifically uh your dad showed you your first Favorite bands like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, yeah, man. Gene Harris, Oscar Peterson, and one of my favorites, Brad Meldow. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. Were, I mean, what was the album for, especially Emerson, Lake, and Palmer that you that you got shown? Oh, Tarkus. I mean, Tarkus. It was it was Tarkus and uh, no 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 it was, it was it was that one and um, I'm blanking on the name. I think it was just a number. What was the cover? It was like a skull, and okay. it was super cool. Uh, oh man, I can't remember what is that, it was. That's not the brain salad surgery one, is it? It might. Yeah, it is that one. It's yeah, it's that one. Yeah, oh, are you yeah, Emerson yeah, yeah, Lake yeah. and Palmer fan? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that's so cool. So yeah, that was that was that. And what about Brad Meldow? Because I just want to know if I'm like on the same wavelength as you on on Brad. That one would be. Uh, there were two that really made him like my favorite artist. There was um, uh, the Art of the Trio. Um, oh. Is Which that is all motion? No, no. Who's no. Um, that? Larry Grenadier's on bass. Bill Stewart? No, it couldn't have been him. I forgot who was playing drums. 
but uh, uh, it was an incredible album, and the drums are incredible on that. And I, I'm so sorry I'm blanking on that. It's but okay. Anyway, we're gonna, get, we're gonna get an email so, from whoever yeah, it was. from whoever, and they'll tell us. But it was that one, and then Day is Done. Okay, and there were two that I was surprised to read: um, <laughs> Pine Top Perkins and Otis Span. Oh yeah, really? So before, so I played like I did the like pedagogy thing, the uh-huh. normal playing classical pieces, and then. Um, I, then this sort of this, this thing happened. I moved into the city. Um, I started meeting real working musicians. Uh, the first real working musician I met was actually also a, an eighth grade teacher. He was my eighth grade history teacher, but That's he's awesome. all at night. He was, a um, a harmonica player. He was like really classic post-war era blues. And, um, so he, I was looking for a not classical teacher. And he, so the first not classical teacher I had, he hooked me up. It's this, this like super old school um, blues player, boogie boogie blues player. His name was Erwin Helfer. Um, and that was, at, it was only after that that I got into like more jazz stuff. Um, but yeah, the first non classical teachers I had were all blues people. So That's Pine Top awesome. Perkins, Otis Pan, Otis Pan, so influential on my playing. Yeah, I used to like, yeah, he's incredible. I don't know too much about him, to be 100% honest. He, you know, check him out. Check, dude. Check this out. Dude, See, check this that's out. That's the point Otis of this podcast, Pan. is that, yeah. like, we talk about stuff that people wouldn't necessarily hear about or know about because, you know, with, uh, you don't hear about these unknown artists. Yeah. We talk about, like, I went digging, I found this, it, and then yeah. you present it. Um, now, my brother from another mother, my other Jersey. Woo. Drummer. That's right. Drummer. That's Drummer. right. Jersey drummer. <laughs> Homedale? Homedale. That's right. Okay. Were you, uh, was it just kind of, it's the Burbs, right? It's just like a. Yeah, it's the Burbs. It's like 25 minutes north of Asbury Park. It's where PNC Bank Arts Center is. Um, oh. Yeah. That's for some reason, boo, I should have knew that. That's beautiful. Nobody's going there for the town. So. <laughs> now, were, you, <laughs> were you going to Asbury Park as a kid? N- not really. Did no. You played at Stone Pony? Oh yeah, when I was in like high school, yeah, I got a couple jazz gigs there. That's awesome. You know, yeah, but like, like with your high school's big band or like a no, thing? like you know, just knowing other like jazz people in New Jersey. You meet like high schoolers who are also doing it. It's there's a big thing in Jersey with yeah. like high school and jazz, and so that well, was I, I, I was feel just, the same. Yeah. Did you get into one of those um, uh, all state Jersey yeah. whatever? That was uh, that was my senior year. I was in the all state band. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> right? I get to band. talk about that from eight years ago. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm still living it. It's fine. It's fine. What, a, um, what an important thing. Yeah. I had a, I went up against this guy. Uh, his name was Dave Hardy. I don't know if you remember him. He was this dude from Burlington City. He's a monster. He lives up in New York City now, but I mm. could never, ever beat him. <laughs> he always kept little higher. Oh, is that how it was? It's all yeah. yeah you're, it's a competition. Everyone, everyone's like waiting in a hallway. That sucks. And the judges are at a I'm table. So glad I never did. Quite that. like this actually, and they have their backs turned to you. It's mm-hmm. all. It's all really like shitty. It's it's really it's really <laughs> bad for your ego. And then on yeah. top of that, you're standing right outside oh. the door when they're doing these these evaluations, and you're like, oh my god, I'm not gonna get it. So you're just like, Bleh. yeah. And you're at the mercy of like your band director, who could be like a huge jokester like mine, and be like, oh, I forgot to tell you, you need a drum set. <laughs> you know, imagine you stuff like, like that. Which one can I play? Yeah, uh, that, I did that for one of those, and, <laughs> and I beat him. <laughs> oh oh anyway. my god! Here's my other question. Now, did you play drums first? No, eh, 
I well, knew it. <laughs> sort. I don't know. Like when I was five, I got piano lessons, and uh, I, I wasn't really super into it because I didn't really own a piano. Uh-huh. So I was playing like a shitty Casio keyboard, and it really, it really clicked for me. I, you know, I had like an okay teacher. Nothing was really happening there. Mm-hmm. Once I like got to actually like sit down at real pianos, I started to discover how much I liked it. But, like the weighted keys and like feeling the yeah, but like thing. I, I like I would go at their other families' houses and feel, but I couldn't make the connection at the time. Mm-hmm. But like when I got older, I was like, you know, I do like piano, but I just I think I threw this out a little too early. But how would I know? Anyway, I I didn't like it, but when I had to pick another instrument, my parents were like, well, why don't you pick it? And yeah, I was so about to pick saxophone, and then I picked drums because I saw a guy playing drums at a concert. Who was it? It was like my brother was in a high school like jazz band or something, and I just saw the drummer, and I was like, he looks like the guy who can just fuck everything up. And, that and you kind wanted of, to be that guy. That power, it looks so much fun. I mean... I've seen you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. everything up. Not yeah, by me accident. Too. <laughs> you know, like, I've seen you do it live. I've literally <laughs> seen bass players go... <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> oh, that stuff, yeah. I thought you meant like when my bass drum pedal breaks, and I look at Logan and be like, song's over. Yeah, (laughs) I need to hear that story. Um, That's amazing. Okay, same interview I was reading online, and they talk about your influences, which are some of my favorite influences. uh, Brian Blade, Keith Carlock, Nate Smith, Benny Greb, Sput, Juliana, who you've both opened for. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about that, but (laughs) I was surprised. We're going to get back, but... I was surprised Ari Honig was not mentioned. Oh man, I should have put him on there. Because I just, I, I should. What, what, yeah. What is that? Sh- what, what's his project called? Uh, the we one just, we, we saw, saw him Leaves? play at Ortlieb's. With that duo project. Oh, what you did, called? What, you did the, the DJ thing? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, I don't remember what it's called, but it was like a DJ bass player. No, and, no, no, no. yeah, no, no, no. He like played horn and he did lots of effects. Oh yeah, he had, he had a horn was, too. It was a duo. Have, wow, it's about to have a brain aneurysm. No, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at remembering You should just names, Google man. stuff. You have your phone. It's okay. Um, uh, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. But that Ari Honig awesome. is an influence, right? Because you oh, do all these sure. metric modulations. I'm like, come on. Yeah, Ari Honig's disgusting. It's it's like <laughs> stupid watching him play sometimes. Like, I can't I can't deal with like how he processes like some, some of the things he does. Because like, when Juliana plays, at least I'm like... Like, wow, I, I didn't think of that, but I think I could think of it. Right. Like, Ari stuff, I'm like, I can't. You really. can't process it. You're just yeah. like, it's like noise, but it's melodic. And you're like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. He has some crazy independent stuff that mm-hmm. like, I just realized I'm like, that's, those are four separate like brains. This is like no- the book that he's got. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is he's, that what he calls it? <laughs> well, no, he's got a book. Yeah. He's got, it talks about all these independence uh, exercises and how he's thinking of time on top of other well, there you go. Okay. Um, I, I want to read. I also buy that book. Read, remember what it's called. Um, but the check Honig that out. Book. <laughs> the Honig yeah. book. In any case, it definitely shows in his playing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's what I'm nah. talking about. <laughs> that Kenny Warner stuff. Nah. Um, okay. So you both went to Princeton. Yes. Indeed. University. Now, does that? <laughs> do people get on your case about that at all? Like you guys went to Princeton, kind of like a Harvard thing, like. Ugh. Occasionally, yeah. I just asked them to move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like all, right, we're, all right, we're good. Like you asked, but this is this is not important to us at all. Yeah. Right. You're like I learned what I needed to do. Don't associate my name with that. Yeah. that thing. Like we're both still broke musicians in Philly. We're not any different. Yeah, <laughs> it did, it didn't do thing. anything. Like they did not help us with anything as far as what we're doing right now. As a I university. Mean, no, the people and the faculty, great, great, amazing. But like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're not, I think in my experience was the university tried 
they tried to help us, but they were not, they just didn't know what to do with people who actually wanted to graduate and go into music and not just like, oh, I'm going to go into the music industry and make a shit ton of money. They were not prepared for, uh, and there were others besides us too in our class specifically that were trying to like make art and make like cool music that wasn't necessarily like trying to be in the industry and like, I would say the point of the university was not to teach you anything practical because they didn't have a business major. They didn't have like a like a finance major, there which was, is OK, which is no, OK. They, they had like it, yeah. which is OK if you're going to law school, if you're going to med school. Right. If you're it was going all just intellectual. And, yeah. That was it. Like so like if you wanted to learn about practical aspects of any business or like any field you're going into, that would rely on like you getting an internship somewhere or joining some club yeah. or doing something outside of your classes. Uh-huh. It's not going to happen in your classes. And in fact, but, yeah. I tried to get an internship. And I couldn't get it. I couldn't get an internship in LA because they specifically, that internship was like, we can only give you, we can only take you on if you're going to get college credit for it. And, um, the, and Princeton was like, no, like, that's not how we do our internships. Like they should just be happy to have, you know, it's like, you realize that no one in like arts and entertainment actually looks at this Ivy league education and actually values it as much as you guys are valuing yourselves. <laughs> such a like, good way to put like, it. Yeah. That's a great it's, way to put it. It's, it. Yeah. So my question is this, what was the, um, if you don't mind divulging, what was the internship in LA? Oh, well I ended up getting it. I had to, I had to enroll at a community college. Uh, it I was, that, yeah. uh, um, uh, that specific one was, was at Warner chapel. I was doing uh. licensing and it was, the most soul crushing thing in the world. Everyone was so nice, but it was so, I showed up at nine. I had a giant stack of papers. They're like, enter this into the computer system. And by the time I was done, it was 6 PM. I went home and that's all I did for two months. And it was, it hurt. A friend of mine does that in Nashville, a new friend of mine. And she said that like people just yell at her on the phone yeah. all the time for copyright if, stuff. That, yeah. Just like all day, like famous, like country manage, country artist managers. And it's bananas. Yeah. I can't imagine. Did you get a lot of phone calls like that? Well, no, not me. I was an intern, right? But still but the, the, my, my boss, the people that I was working for, like, yeah, they had to deal with that. And they're, you know, they're dealing with Beyonce's people and they're dealing with like these people who are, are, you know, giant egomaniacs. But they were super nice at the office. The office, the people that worked at the office were incredibly nice. Have you seen that episode of South Park where they like introduce you to the Mormons on South Park? You know, (laughs) and like they're all, I mean, even like Book of Mormon, they're all wearing white and they're just like, hello. That's what I imagine this office being like. Like, they're dealing with the worst crap ever, but they're just like. (laughs) They were also like super cool people and everything. And and, and my boss, David Costa is his name. He was just like the, the chillest guy ever. But, uh, yeah, it was just, it was rough because some of this actual work was pretty soul crushing. The whole music industry is run by like, uh, six Mormons, Mormons. in a back yeah. office in LA. <laughs> what I'm there you have it. The interview's yeah, over yeah. and uh, that's good. Um, we're going to take a quick break from Princeton cause I have to go back cause I saw a photo of you or I think it's you. I pray it's you. Oh boy. I went dumpster diving on Facebook. Oh, please yes. tell me. 
that the Harry Potter photo is real. And oh that's my not god! You. Please tell me that's, that's you. That's so funny. I love this interview. Um, no, man. Damn it! I was like, I was <laughs> sure. There's a photo he's got. I'll try to put it up somewhere on uh, Instagram or something. There's a photo of Arjun. No, well, not. It looks exactly like him. Or like, like a, I hope I'm not like stereotyping Indians too. Or no, what, I stereotyped the, Indians when I put that up, dude. <laughs> it's, he, he, there's this guy standing right behind Daniel Radcliffe, and he's just dead eyeing the camera, just like this. And I was like, oh my god, please be you. And and people commented like it like it was real. I'm like, oh my god, I have to ask this. Yeah, like, yeah. are you in the? Right, gotta see, this. see if you can, can find the photo. Here, um, check this out. Do you see that kid right there? Yeah, I thought it was him. I'm like, oh my god! I, I uploaded the album as if I was a hired extra. Yeah, because I, I looked so much like this extra. I was just like, so I thought it was you. Yeah. I could have swore it was you. Um, that was the thing I wanted to ask good you digging. earlier, but I was Great like, digging. I'll wait. Um, good, good digging. But okay, so back to Princeton. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> we don't have to. But <laughs> we don't okay, have to. We, we can dump into sure. Harry Potter. Um, uh, my question is: this, Was you guys were in the music school at Princeton? There is no music school. So or he like was, program? Logan was a music major and I was like a jazz minor, you could say. It but wasn't even that. It was like a certificate. There, yeah, it was like a certificate. But like, yeah. it's the same thing as a minor, you could say. Right. Yeah, yeah. The point is that they had a music program that was like you could play in bands and you could play in the jazz program. Mm. And that's what we did. So he did his music major like in the classical like Western canon music theory, studying, compos- uh, composing, whatever. He wrote a piece for his thesis. I was a history major, but we both played in the jazz program together. You were a history major? Yeah. In what I actually wrote a thesis on music history. Yeah. No way. Yeah, and I took a bunch of stuff on, like, late antiquity and, like, random, like, Roman Empire stuff. Are you serious? Yeah, it was fun. But Yo, please send that over. I want to read that. The thesis? Oh, boy. Oh, do you look down on it now? You're just like, eh. It was, I could have done a better job. I'll put it that way. Was it rushed? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it was rushed, but I graduated. Um, well, I assume both of you did. You're both killers. Um, okay. We're gonna, another dumpster dive. The band y'all were with when you moved to Philly was at Honeyhead. Oh, wow. We are getting deep into it. It was Cactus Karma. Ca- that is this the, the same that, band? But, but Honeyhead, not the same people. Okay. So a different band. They, yeah. ha- they were happening at the same time. Honeyhead and yeah. Cactus Karma were happening at the same time. But Honeyhead. But you and- were in both. Yes, we, we were, were in both. In both, yeah. both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We were the constant for all the bands that we were in in college. Yeah, oh wow! Say, and everybody yeah. else kind of flaked off over time. And or we're di- it was different groups of people, but we were always the same. People. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was the vibe of Cact- was Cactus Karma? Mm-hmm. What was the vibe of that band? Was it just like a rock band, or was it like a? No, it was like kind of soul experimental stuff going on. I mean, that band started. When we had first discovered Hiatus Coyote sort of thing. Like, oh, so, so good. Stuff like, so good. And and so, like, that, there was a lot of that influence in there. But then there was also <laughs> just, like, straight jazz influence as well. Like, our our, our trumpet player is a su- super, like, heady jazz guy. And mm-hmm. uh, Singer's amazing. Our singer friend, Pam. She oh, lives yeah. In, she lives in L.A. now, and she still sings, and she's great. It was, like, a very soft-spoken soul funk thing. Oh, the bass player? Oh, he goes killer. to he goes to Michigan now and for, for grad school. He's yeah. amazing. God, yeah. what's his name? Noah Fishman. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Any guy. relation to John Fishman? No. Okay. No relation to probably anyone famous. Hard I don't dig. Think. I don't know. I have no. I, I there's don't probably know. a lot of Fishmans. He, <laughs> he's great. I just I just as wanted to give him a Fishman. shout out. As far as Fishmen go, okay. this one is, is that band was cool. Great. We tried to keep that going when we moved to Philly, but everyone wanted to do their own thing. We were all different ages. I think we were the only two that were like 
at the same age, same year of graduating, Pam. doing the Were same thing. Pam, Pam was too, but Pam, she moved to New York. Pam had different plans that she wanted to move yeah. to New York and do her own thing. And, and so the band split as up. Well. And yeah, yeah. yeah, so it, it broke up because, yeah. And that, that actually was the dynamic of writing sometimes as well. Sometimes writing with that band. I think anyone that – I was talking to the Darla Boys about this as well. Darla Boys. It's Check like, them out. Yeah. They, you know, sometimes I think it's really difficult to write collectively when you have more than, I don't know, two people. Yeah. <laughs> we, because, yeah. More than so, one. I we'll, mean, sure you guys We'll know. talk about it. Okay. That's another yeah. question yeah. I got. Um, but so when you guys moved to Philly, how long was it till that band kind of fizzled out? Was it like you all moved at the same time? Band house? Did you have a um, band house? No, because move everyone us. moved to different things, but we moved together. Yeah. And oh, okay. we had the others still lived in Princeton, and some of them lived in New York. And but you so all were driving, driving and stuff. Yeah, we yeah, lasted playing, probably we in New York, Princeton, yeah. a little bit in Philly. Yeah, six up. months, you say? Yeah, six months or so, and then and then someone someone moved away or some something. Oh yeah, Divya moved to the West Coast, and, and he, then he played what? Kinda, uh, she played oh, she, saxophone. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, saxophone. Okay. Yeah. How and big was this band? Six. Six okay, yeah, so yeah. band with like a, a horn section and then like the rhythm mm-hmm. section. Yeah. That's cool, man. Man, I thought it was it. I thought that was the band. All right, so then, so that band fizzles out, mm-hmm. and you guys decide, okay, let's just do it ourselves. Yep, is that, that was pretty much what the decision That's, was? Yeah, it was happened. just le- we were just left to our own devices, and we still didn't really know anybody in this city. We didn't know anybody. Oh, so. that must have been brutal. Well, we had each other. Yeah, and that a, was in a basement. No. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I know, no, no, but it, it, it's you know, like it's true though. Like I if. If we didn't have that unit, it would have been really, really difficult, I think, to break into the scene. Mm-hmm. I think it it almost would have been impossible. Actually. It would have been more miserable because at least going to like random open mics and trying to meet people. I don't want to do that alone. Yeah. Well, I know, I it's brutal. It's, I've done it. You know, yeah, right? Exactly. Like at least we could do that together and be like, hey, this is kind of shitty. But hey, we met these people and hey, let's get a beer. Yeah, right, right. It was a fun, you know, exciting time to just like do stuff like that. It must have also been nice that you could approach somebody together and at least feel some sense of, of calm yeah. and be like, okay, it's just us plus, um, I don't know, Ross Bellinois or somebody yeah. or John Coleman. Yeah, we just, wish. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> um, but it must have been really, that must have really helped. So um, that's it, great. It was. It was uh, very helpful. The one thing that people always say whenever I bring up you guys in, we'll call it the Philly scene general is how many genres you all hit like it's kind of bananas like why are they trying to put us in a box i know that's why i tell people that like we don't we try not to talk genre but people that's the way people conceptualize things but you you touch on a lot like specifically the jazz and kind of the new uh funk jam groups and then hip hop. You then you go into the freaking uh behind the beat two and four and on top of the like laid back grooves. I think it's Are You Real? You guys do that? You switch back and yeah, forth. Yeah, we do that. Time. yeah, we do that. We do a little so. bit of like dragging and speeding up and just like kind of, you know. Is that conceived or thought about or is it, yeah. is it just felt? Well, no, it's something that we developed as we played the song more, but it became part of the composition. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's, in terms of the genre stuff. That was the question. Yeah, that was the original question. That stuff. Uh, also changes from gig to gig a oh, little bit sure. and also in the terms of like uh so for instance growth spurt is a song that, that we wrote that's on our ep but we play it now 
way more hip hop than it was at least the ending section um but it still has that jazz feel it's like a really which is the beginning book the, the song. essentially as a duo we realized that it's really hard unless we're just like jamming out it's really hard to like really maintain interest and really keep it is going it, okay for so i think that has a lot to do with why we do different genres and do different time signatures and all the different <laughs> stuff just match it together because that's that's At least the, for that's, us, that's like the original we just reason. we just kept yeah. we do, we were we would get bored. We'd play our songs yeah. and they'd be whatever they're doing. We're like, okay, now we got to add. You, a bunch you of talked stuff. about us being into like a jam band scene, and that's absolutely true in terms of the people we play with in Philly mm-hmm. and a lot of the people we hang out with and you know are friends with. But when we started this, we didn't want to be in that scene. We didn't want to be looked at as a jam band precisely because when we would play as a duo and just start jamming on stuff, we felt like it was boring. We were boring. You know, I was like, it was like, this is weird. I mean, we need like at least two more people to make this work. Yeah, we need right. to write something else, man. Yeah. And that's what, that's where the genre switching comes from is this. We just started getting impatient. We're like, we need to make this good. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. It's like, if you're not playing straight ahead jazz now, you're autumn. And if it's like any form of instrumental, if it's not classical, you automatically get put into the jam band scene. Mm-hmm. We do. It happens to us all the time. Either your jazz or your jam band or funk. It's either those, the, yep. one of those three yep. idioms. And we like, we like rock. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the so, thing. Like, I love playing okay, cover gigs. Right. I love doing jam things. I guess between us two, whenever we like try to do stuff together that we do originally, we mm-hmm. always want to be unique yeah. somehow. I think we yeah. always want to definitely give, are. Uh, yeah, for well, sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, cause, that. and I know it's through composed a lot of it mm-hmm. and you have like jam sections. Right. Um, by the way, the most hilarious thing I've seen when I see you guys live is John Coleman counting. When one of you is oh, soloing because you know the tune so well. And John Coleman going, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four. <laughs> it's so funny. And you know, like he's killing it, but he's just yeah, like, no, he's no, still yeah, thinking yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we were a, a year ago with these tunes too. That's so so. <laughs> What is it like playing with him? Even though you guys have been playing together for so long, he's kind of been like the newest almost permanent addition yeah, of the it's band. It's getting there. We have to teach him. We have to teach him all the songs. but We mostly um, have. We mostly have. We're getting closer and closer every time. But uh, not every gig that we do is like needs a bassist. Mm. And when he was saying like that thing about the gig being like, you know, when we opened for Mark Juliana, mm. we felt more like a jazz group, even with John. Yeah. And then when we opened for, I don't know, like a punk band, which happens, we feel more like, I don't know, like a prog group, even with John. It'll it'll change up. Yeah. But Does like, your set change depending on the show? N- no, we play the same song. Okay. It's just like the vibe. But, but we, like, yeah, well, the vibe, I mean, the vibe I, of I the songs. Do they every, do they kind of like they can be interchangeable depending on who you're opening for, and you can you're conceiving like, okay, this probably has to little be a little more swingy or like jazz if you're opening so. for Juliana. Yeah. Like I mean, like, it's the, the, the difference is it's totally the like in a basement we will play our jazzy things less jazzy. And then on the <laughs> stage, we'll certainly like kind of. It's like this thing but. where like um, if you play at like Bourbon and Branch and like, you know, you, you feel more inclined to be less like artsy about it because you're like, I don't know, I think people are like, standing up. They want to drink. They want to like more of a party. Mm-hmm. When, we're, when we're at like the place in Delaware at the Juliana show, it was like Arden. very elderly people. It was an it was a jazz For show. Mark Juliana. It was a community show. I mean, down there in Arden, Delaware. I mean, it was like a pretty elderly community that regularly goes to these shows. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, is it like a membership type? Of yeah, thing? yeah. It was like we a volunteer-run guild hall thing. Yeah. They get. I mean, the Arden, Arden guild hall. like theater company. They're doing Charlotte's Web. They're doing all sorts of cool they're stuff. Amazing. And they they get really great. I'm artists, sorry. They're doing Charlotte's Web. They yeah. They also have like a whole theater section that's like they're oh, doing. Okay. They have big billboards around and stuff like that. But okay. they I forget who else they they draw, but they. 
they get a lot of really cool music artists as well. I didn't really know it was a thing. The um, the uh, uh, the you pay the subscription fee in the beginning of the year, and then you just get tickets. We just opened for Bumper Jacksons the other day at the Sellersville Theater, oh, and cool. that's also the same thing. It's like an old it's movie a theater. Yeah, it's a yeah, member. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. The membership, <laughs> and then you, you, all these people come, and it's ages fifty to like eighty. Yeah. But you wouldn't think that for like a Juliana who who Well they didn't even know who he was, I don't think. Well some, of, just, them, some, some of them did. did. No, some of them definitely yeah, did, but, but some of them definitely didn't. Some we're of them were, there, were the there because yeah. it was like jazz and they're like, Oh, it's a jazz show. Let's did go. people know who you were? No. No, no, no. No. We were the opening local talent. Oh, we we drew two people. Yeah, they came from Philly. <laughs> yeah, like Mike Hoffman. They gave you yeah. Mike, <laughs> Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman is one and of Mickey, the most Mickey dedicated. Takahira came as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's my dude. He's an amazing dude. He's and Mike, but, when you talk about pedals, you lose me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I love you to death. But, but <laughs> speaking of pedals, looping back to playing with John. Yeah. Because I feel like we only just, we barely touched on that. But We bounced off. Playing, he like, he uh, has freed me up oh, a yeah. lot. Oh, your left hand's like, it don't hurt anymore. It's Well, <laughs> it's one of those things where I like had to learn how to play left hand bass when we were playing as a duo. And then I did it and it was cool. But now that we have a bassist again, it's like, oh, right. I can, like, really do crazy things now. But before, I ha- I couldn't. I just couldn't. You can couldn't. play keys. I can actually really be <laughs> a key. Hands. There's, like, yeah. So having him around has been awesome. And also being able to take gigs when he's not available has also been awesome. He's a busy dude, you know. Yeah. So don't influence Mark though. We're not getting a bass player. Like Mark, <laughs> Mark has to continue playing. Left uh, man, hand. I pick up things when I li- listen to his left hand. So I mean, seriously. So. Aw, Mark is blushing. That was so nice. Aww. I would say we've been doing more shows with John than without. Yes, I've noticed because it's, yes. it's super fun. Because it's it's fun and it, and, it, <laughs> and he's the best. I yeah. really like. It helps me out. You guys put out some goofy Instagram <laughs> stories. What was that thing the other day? You're like he's trying to say, like, I understand you so well when you try to tell me ideas. And you're like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, we're trying to do the meatball from. Aquatic. I noticed that. I mean, Robbie's gonna tell me. Oh, what? Funniest thing. I know. We'll get we'll, we'll get, get back to John Coleman, but let's talk about meatball real quick. So yeah, yeah, I was yeah. playing this. Um, there's this party games. I think it's called party tricks or something. You, mm. you have it on like a, a, con- a console and you basically, it's like a trivia thing and you can uh, press your answer on your cell phone. Yeah, and yeah. The voice of the this game is freaking meatball. Really? Amazing. It's like, that's got to be annoying. Is L. It's just like, it's just like, man, just for a paycheck, I understand, but yeah, he's swearing at you and he's like, "Pick around, bitch!" Like, (laughs) that's so funny. Oh my god! All right, well, you guys have one LP out. EP. 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 I yeah. My bad. I mixed it up. Um, so it's called Empress. I love the title of the concept. Uh, how about you tell? Because I feel like I'm gonna butcher it. What's the concept of Empress? The I don't of the know title at least. Well, the, Arjun should explain this. So it's an, it's the name of our song, and we decided it was like a really cool thing to also name the EP off, uh, after. But Rob, we write these songs, and we don't have any idea of what they're about. But I like to pretend they have words or well, lyrics. You know, I, I like to pretend they're about something. I try to just think, like, what am I really feeling during these 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 lush harmonies right. that. Logan's writing here. What does this make me feel? <laughs> what does this make me feel? So one of the songs ended up just making me feel like it was some kind of melancholy, like tragic story about someone who is very powerful, who, you know, just fucks up life for people around them. Anyway, there's an are emperor. You, are you writing about yourself right now? No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I just try to draw connections. 
Anyway, the concept, it like I, I it, there's nothing like super deep about it. It's just that like the, it's about this Chinese empress named Empress Zhao who like kills all of her children as they get older because she wants to keep the throne to herself. That's all. She like becomes an empress by like killing the king. I think probably. Yep. No, no, you know, she was she was like a concubine of the king. She kills the king. Then she kills all of her sons as they get old enough because she wants to stay. Yeah, like super dark. And so I don't know. It just was a cool story. And then we had an artist who was able to design something that looked exactly like what I was picturing. It's amazing. And I was yeah. like, look, this is it. This is really good. Hey, what's uh, give kudos? Who did the uh, the cover? Christina Chung. Yes, and Christina Chung. Christina okay. Chung. Is that her name on, on like, the Facebooks and all that? Do you know? Uh, Just to give her a proper tag if people want to, like, get an album done. Yeah, done. yeah. Uh, that is, that is, I forget exactly what the what her handle is, but. What's well, okay. But she's, I mean, if you search her name, she's, we were lucky because I think we kind of got in as she was starting to, or we, we were able to get in touch with her sort of uh, as she was starting to get bigger and bigger. Now she's illustrating for the New York Times. She's wow. doing, like, Big, much bigger things than you know a local band out of Philly. So it's cool that we met her when we did. Um, you got it on the ground floor, but, so to speak. Yeah, and she was at that time she was starting to gain some some traction for sure. But like now, I mean, maybe she would work with us again. But same with our friend uh, Skylar Jenkins, who's kind of been oh, yeah. working his, his tail off. He's hard working. Yeah, uh, John Gilbride was in here a few days ago, like I said, and we talked a lot about. Uh, the videos they've been doing. We, Hambone Relay, also did a few uh, live videos with him over at Blue Light Studios in Jersey. And um, the videos that you guys have been putting out, you, you worked with Skylar a yeah, couple times, for a right? Couple of them, a couple yeah. times. Yep. Which songs did he do? Um, he, we have an NPR Tiny Desk submission that we did, but we put that on YouTube, and that's Are You Real? And Skylar did, did that. He also did the, 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 the comedy. Oh yeah, he filmed did. those comedy interviews that we did. Where we're like, we're it's like oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. He showed me that. That's oh actually God. that's the stuff we're really interested in doing with him again. The comedy um, bits in the, in the next year. Yeah, we yeah, want to like plan not, some out and it's just like it's just fucking around. That's what I yeah. Like it's know? a joy. It's not like an like an arduous like process. Like hi, we're this band and we uh, here's our music. Thank right. you very much. Definitely. It's more like an office or uh, Parks and Rec kind of yeah. I mean, around. it's. it's I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be like exactly what we did there, but it's certainly a lot less stressful to go into a room and be like, okay, we don't have to get this take right. Instead, it's like, oh, we're just going to be talking like this, you know, or, yeah. or we're just going to be having a good time. The kind of vibe I, I think that I'm going for is like documentary now. Oh, <laughs> oh my yeah, God. Just like yeah. really laying it thick. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> oh my God. What's his name? Um, the late night host who also works with them. Uh, oh my God. What's his name? What, Seth Myers? Seth Myers, thank you. I just listened to an interview with him and uh, Dax Shepard, the podcast uh, Armchair Expert, and he talks about it. He's like, oh my God, it's so great. I go from the late show to this, and it's like, ah. <laughs> it's so hilarious. I'm sure it's the same for you guys, doing like very formal interviews, and you're just like... Can't say we've done a lot of formal interviews. Oh, you did okay, player. That ain't no joke. That's, so. that's, that's fair. Or was that... That was all Was written, that in person? Though. Oh, written. That was all Okay, written. I was going to say, it was yeah. very, It doesn't feel the same. Okay, yeah, yeah. in person's very different. Like, yeah. we're a bunch of assholes in person. <laughs> um, it's all right. So how long did it take to re- to write those tunes on Empress and record them? And you recorded them nearby, I think, in... Villanova. In, in Villanova. Oh, you yeah, did yeah. it at Villanova? Yeah. Yep. Was that with... Um, Eric Bazilian. Not the guy who I was thinking of, uh, oh. but that's cool. Who is he, Eric? He's is he the, the guitar player? He's the guy from the Hooters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He, yeah. Yeah. That was that was that was a weird thing that that was able to happen. Very, I met him during very the fortuitous. Very lucky. It. I don't and even. 
I mean, we showed him. I showed him our band, and then he's like, "I like it. Come in. I'll record you." And uh, he did us a huge favor. We did all of those songs. Each one was four hours over like four different nights that we had over like a couple months. Right. Recording, writing, Re- just recording, just recording, just recording. Oh no, I'm sure the writing process took much, much longer. The songs oh. kept changing. Yeah, yeah. Every two I would say so. that our, for our songs, they, they still keep usually changing. take about like the first ones that we wrote took a year to write, honestly. But we were performing them because part of the writing process for us is definitely performing and then figuring out which sections work and which ones don't. Right, you have a lot of sections in some of these tunes yeah, and you're just like, I don't even know how you remember these freaking... Well, it's because we perform them perform You perform them, them so all much. the time. Yeah, we're, so that's how... That's, that's the only way we're able to do it. And then, uh, yeah, now I think our last like full song that we wrote is called upward mobility and i think that took about 3 months 4 months to really get the final form down yeah. so is the process um, getting faster for you guys it is but it's still too slow the, in my opinion i think we need to speed up because i think we need to be producing more content and and at this i point, think we can still, speed up we can yeah. but figuring out that process is really difficult man it's, oh i'm sure for us we we mark wrote most of our tunes mm-hmm. didn't you mark Yes. Okay. So Mark, Mark's wrote most of our tunes. I recently came in with two and it was very scary for me, but we do it where we write it out on Sibelius, the general idea. Mark will sometimes play it into garage band and then bring it in and then we kind of add our flavor, but it's usually at the discretion of whoever writes it. Mm-hmm. You guys are very different. You, I'm, from what I understand, he brings, Logan brings in an idea and then you add your taste onto it and then you come up with sections after that. Yeah. 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 I'll come in. Uh, I come on with a piano part with, or either several lots piano of se- parts. Or, yeah, li- either like with lots of sections or like a groove or whatever. And and we just actually had this conversation where Arjun's like, I bring, I brought something in and um, Arjun's like, okay, cool. You have all these sections and they're right next to each other. But I realize, you know, you didn't write this with me. So right now we need to take one of these sections and actually like groove on it. Because when you're writing it alone by yourself at a piano, all you're doing is like trying to change things, and but you're never actually like sitting in a pocket and grooving. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Arjun brings to this process is like the soul, the feel, the like. Oh. He really does. He oh. really he takes the songs of like just like the the harmonic and melodic ideas that I have, and he actually adds a pocket to it, and he adds something that someone can like sit in and groove to. It changes so. the compositions, though. Like, if you're writing alone, I was just telling Logan, like, leaving space is a, such a different decision for him versus when he's playing with me. And he's like, oh, wow, I didn't even think of leaving space here because there's drums. And I didn't even <laughs> realize that he was going to play that pattern. And yeah. that's kind of how we're writing. We're thinking about writing stuff. Like, if I want to bring in a tune, Rob, I have to write it in Sibelius because mm-hmm. there's no way I can look at Logan and be like, play a, a D flat. Add nine. He's like, shut up. Let me I play don't the know. piano. Like, no, no, I would never he doesn't say shoot that. me down, but I'm not going to know never. what the hell I'm talking about. I just wouldn't be able to talk theory in any intelligent way. Oh my god, me too. I need too. to put it. Like, I know what I'm hearing. I'm like, I need to present it in a more convincing manner. I I am the same way. I'm getting there. Do you um, uh, when he records like all the layers because Mark can play guitar and organ and he can put use fake drums. Um, what's the real quick? What's the drum program that you use? Superior Drummer. Yeah, and then you can like kind of you, you use that, and then you put a layer of whatever you want to write on top of it. That's yep. cool. And that's really helpful because then he can bust them out and just like hear it sounds Some good. Tracks. What do you yeah. guys think of this? We can kind of fiddle with it. Like we're putting out an LP in uh, May, hopefully, and he's already writing the next tune for the next thing. So it's cool. like it's really challenging me because I'm like I can't keep up, and I don't do it enough. 
as drummers, I, do, I don't think we do it enough. I do want to say that the next, I don't, I don't like itch those those like skills enough, man. I don't, I don't, I don't shed the like composing theory right. Are you polyrhythms? <laughs> I don't, I don't even practice like my drums music enough. Like I've really fallen off the ladder with that kind of stuff. Well, I used to be really good at it. Well, the question I actually had listed next was, you have a day gig. You don't have to tell us what it is, but how does it feel? balancing that we'll call it work hobby balance just because there's no other way to say it work and other work balance it's like having two full-time jobs i guess i mean like my life is basically like i have like uh i like i have a girlfriend there's a dog there's a band there's a a job yeah (laughs) and these and 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 the dog is relatively new in the equation i had to get used to that too what is it I don't know. It's some kind of mutt thing, but it, oh, she's 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 my angel. I love her. No, anyway. what's her name? Uh, Lizzie. Lizzie. Come yeah. here, Lizzie. Yeah, she's. When's the last time you actually call her Lizzie? Don't. Let's not. <laughs> I call her everything but her name. But. So a lot of cussing, I'm imagining. Like, yeah. No. Well, she's poopy. Poop. Yeah, poopy. Poop. Yeah. It's just uh, poopy. A little poop. Anyway, we we call we call our dog our dog our dog's name is Layla. She's also a mix. We call her Ragamuffin because uh, she was like a. Uh, uh, she lived on the streets in Northeast Philly, oh. and a ragamuffin's like a, like a, like a, um, I guess a homeless person. Oh, <laughs> but oh wow! She's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. So nice, she's nice. she's our little ragamuffin. Little rag, rag, anyway, moving. Rag, in, rag, I'm gonna get called out on, so, on, on on the podcast. So the day email. gig, the day gig, yes. The the work hobby balance or the work work balance. So it's it's yeah. So basically, all my time is like scheduled in right away. Um, like whenever I have free time, it's not necessarily like, what am I going to do? It's like, I'm going to spend time with my girlfriend or I'm going to like go out with her. Like I'm going to like, you know, try to hit every aspect of my life in a way that I'm balancing all of them. Mm-hmm. So like I never, I rarely get this thing where I'm like, I have a day to myself. I think that's the only thing that's kind of annoying, but it just requires planning. Like if I plan things ahead of time enough, I can do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. I just can't do things as spur of the moment as I usually could like maybe two years ago and it was just like, Oh, like this weekend's coming up. Cool. I'm just going to sit around today. No, if I want to sit around, I got to know at least a week before, you know, right. So when things come in, it's like, Nope, no, it's in my calendar. I'm sitting around. Logan. Are you pretty anal about your schedule on like the cell phone? Like you sort of, yes. Because like basically I have to mark when I'm out on the trap rabbit calendar and mm-hmm. then I have my personal calendar that I share with my family and friends and then I have my work calendar. And so all of those are on like just my big Google calendar. And that's it. I mean, you know, music's at night. We got kicked out of our music space for rehearsing at night. No. Stuff like that is hard. When I that can't re- I can't rehearse during the day. It's very, very recently, yeah. I'm so sorry. Is that the one in, you had in uh, Fishtown? Yeah. That's a shame. Kensington. Or Kensington. Uh, was it in West Kensington? Uh, Kensington? Maybe. Boy. Maybe that's what it was. They got really pissed yeah, off yeah, about the West really thing. Pissed, yeah, um, Oh, it's a shame, dude. Yeah. Um, we're very lucky uh, in, our, in what we do, but... Did you guys find a new space yet? We're looking. We're looking for a new place. Okay. But the issue I'm running into is just like that whole time curfew thing. I really wish mm. we could play during the day. It's my favorite time to rehearse is in the morning, but I can't. Very rarely can I just like see like I'm taking three hours off work so I can do this. You know, I can, but it's rare. I think I'm, I might have some friends that have like a space. I'll hit you. I'll talk to you about it. Yeah, okay. please. Because um, we need a spot um, like desperately. The Darla guys share something with um, Swift Technique. Guys. Oh, we've been yes. there, yeah. We, we've been there, and they that building. I need to. Oh man, actually, Richie from Darla uh, gave me the number of the guy who, who runs that building, so I, I will check that out. And that's very convenient for me because it's in West Philly, and it's like six, seven minutes away from where I live. But from where, yeah, yeah, from where we live. we live very close. We to live each very other. close to each other. Yeah, there's and, a recent and, development for me. Yes, how about that? Um, yeah. 
So the dar, yeah, they, that is very close to me. But unfortunately, all most of the people that we work with and rehearse with do not live in West Philly. So that's a um, shame. So including I, me. even though it's even though it's super super convenient for me, unfortunately, I probably have to give up that dream of being able to just kind of like drive six minutes away. So it's, it's a good dream. Now you, Logan, uh, no day gig, but you teach. I teach. Yep. How's the balance there? We've talked about this a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I like teaching, um, and I used to teach a lot more than I do now. I used to teach, uh, 20 to, yeah, anywhere between like 19 and 22 students at a time. And that was too much for me because it was getting really difficult to be able to, uh, figure out what each of the students needed and what they were preparing for their recitals and all that stuff and, and, and what books they're on and where they were and also balance, um, the various bands that I'm playing with and like the different projects right. that I'm working on. For people that so, don't know, um, from, not from the musicians community, um, a lot of musicians, uh, they, uh, teach for living for paycheck. Um, and it's difficult because when people are free is usually in the evening. And if lessons get start to you teach past like eight, eight thirty, you're starting to have to cancel a lot of nights mm-hmm. just so you can teach. And then you mm-hmm. have to kind of balance like, all right, I have zero time for rehearsal or for my family time mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. dog poopy time or whatever. Mm-hmm. It becomes very difficult. Yeah. So I've cut it down now. I'm at about uh, a day and a half a week. That's great. That is what I'm teaching. And, um, I yeah, it's a good balance. How many students is that? Uh, it's a, it's, it's around 10 students. Okay. Like that. Maybe, no, it's a, it's a little less than that. And it's manageable. Um, it's definitely manageable. Um, it's like, cause I also have two adult students and that's just like hanging. really easy. Cause yeah, it is kind of just like hanging like they're very, like I have, I definitely have input for their direction, but they're, they know a lot more what they want to get out of their lessons. Mm-hmm. Whereas the little kids like don't at all. Yeah, you so. just throw songs their way. If they ki- they catch it, you're like, okay, this is yeah, great. yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you, so. did, Arjun, did you also have history in teaching at all, or did you um, I've done go- it before, but very, very seldom. Okay, yeah. I, I give lessons occasionally when people ask. Yeah. Now it's time for the music news. I bring in some news that either involves our. Uh, perspective genres mm-hmm. or uh some things that are happening let's start with uh something that's happened in princeton uh which you guys went to school at what is happening yeah the well, chinese government oh is buying a school in new jersey which school you ask they're it's buying the westminster choir college a, a chinese what the chinese what? government is buying They're the buying w- the West. What? Here, I'll no. read you the Are article. You- <laughs> I, was just, I was just reading about this. A yesterday. small, highly specialized American music wow. college in Princeton so- is up for sale, and its prospective buyer is a Chinese for-profit company that's partly owned by the Chinese government. The planned sale is raising red flags and on and off campus, triggering speculation of the prospect of an authoritarian foreign government running an American institution of higher learning on U.S. soil. Yeah, very, very. Why is it up for sale? Well, so the Westminster <laughs> Choir College. There's, there's also like a whole bunch of other stuff that's at play with this as well. The first thing that I thought about is like, they're trying to get, they're trying to get like somehow figure out what's going on in like the Princeton science department. But I I don't, I don't really, do we not know what's happening in the Princeton science department? No, I I don't know. Look, (laughs) that's a complicated question. So what's, what's the, what's the, the Princeton plasma physics lab? No, 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 no. But what, where's forestal? No, but where's the other, the, the one that Einstein was part of the Institute of advanced study, the Institute of advanced study. That's what, that's the, that's the super, uh, 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 
Very um, heady. No, it's like <laughs> that's where the conspiracy theories would start with this. Is like they're trying to somehow figure out a way to get over there. But what I think is more likely is that like they're really, really, really into classical music, and the Westminster Choir College is uh, a really great college for choir and conducting and things like that. And so I think that the Chinese are trying to just because like it's a huge profitable industry in. China right now. You know what I um, think is huge so. and profitable? It's real estate, especially when it's bought by Chinese people. Yeah. I think they're just making good investments. But also, <laughs> like, I don't know if yeah. they're thinking that hard about this. They're just this, like, this is up for sale. We should buy it. I wish yeah. the U.S. was thinking about that, buying some arts buildings. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, we're in we're in Wah. debt to them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, the we, whatever we can't afford. I mean, they're, I don't know. It's their money. We're, we're spending their money. <laughs> the, the, the interesting we're thing about We're about to take this, a deep dive here. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm going to pull you guys back for a second. The interesting part here is that that building is supposed to go back to the theological seminary. Oh. That building is actually, oh. there was a contract signed back in like, I don't know what, the late 1800s or something or the early 1900s, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, it originally d- was, was part of the Princeton Theological Seminary. And it said if it ever can't be, can't stay, uh, a music conservatory, it has to go back to the theological, theological seminary. But if it stays open as a conservatory by, owned by the, the... So that's... The, wait, so if it's owned by the other government, but it stays a uh, conservatory, they still have to give it up? Well, that's, that's I that's think the that's, the, that's the argument right now. Mm. The theological seminary is saying like, okay, well, you guys can't run the, run the school as you were supposed to anyway. It should come back to us. And the school, the Westminster Choir College is like, well, but we're just selling it to someone else. So who, who, why do you care? Something tells me that you're deep in this and you're putting this out I there. just read this. I read this. I read this. I read this article yesterday cool. and it was really interesting because I'm like, why? Why does the Chinese, why do they want this small little college? Uh, you know, why? I, it's so many questions. I really, I'm, I'm of the opinion that they're just not thinking too hard about it. And they just want the money. They're just Dude. experimenting. They're just like, oh, let's try buying it. Like we could. Oh, the let's Chinese ju- government's like, they're just seeing how much they can get away with at this point. They're just like, can we buy it? Let's buy it. That's I don't know. Are they well, really going to change everything? It's a, it's a for-profit company. They're involved with that company, the Chinese government. It's not exactly like they're buying it, but they're definitely in ties. Um, also in the news, I don't know if you guys uh, care. I just thought this was weird, and I thought we could talk about this. Keith Urban. I know him. And Post Malone mm. team oh, up for an Elvis special. What does that mean, Elvis special? They're gonna do like an Elvis. There's, they're having an Elvis like TV special or wow. something, and those two are singing together. Apparently, Post Malone is really influenced by Elvis. Okay, so I, th- there's a lot to say about Post Malone that I just you know. Well, it, uh, this is an explicit podcast, so if I, you feel the need. <laughs> look, look, I, I, this is just this is what this crap has come to. Mm-hmm. This is what channel is it on? I mean. I can get you info. Hold on, I got the article right here. Like, is um, it like maybe it's fake and there's no channel? And if we dive deeper, it's just <laughs> they're just announcing um, it. They're never gonna do it. <laughs> no, I, I've seen videos of Post Malone doing like songs. Uh, can he really sing? No, no, right? I mean, like, in the same way that he sings on his tracks. Like, if we saw him at Championship Sports Bar in Trenton, I don't think he would sound very good. He would sound like he sounds, man. Which is, yeah, you're right. He I, beat I don't Thriller. Know how to- he was he. He yeah. beat Thriller. He kicked them off of the record for being at the top of the R&B charts for most consecutive weeks. I read that somewhere. And it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. That was the song I picked. 
Oh yeah, the Which Post song? Malone one. Better now by Post Malone. Okay. Because I heard that on the radio. It's like you wanna see, you can better now, better now. Oh that and, one. And yeah. I should have heard it. I was like, I was like, I turned it on. I was like Logan. I was like, yeah, this is that jam. Turn it up, boy. Turn it up. And then he's like, Arjun. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. This is this is Posty. Oh no. And you're done. And I'm done. <laughs> I was flagged. like, damn, he wrote a good hook. Oh crap. Yeah. But then you listen to the words and you're like, oh my god. Yeah, that's god. the problem. He is like. A bowl of Cheerios that has been left out. It for looks 24 like hours. Um, <laughs> with milk and everything. Yeah, like and not the honey it's nut like, kind. It's like soaked up. All yeah, it's like it's like a it's like it's like, it's like the bowl of uh, Fruity Loops from Toy Story that Sid like leaves on the floor. That's Post Malone. I, oh, that's brutal. Yeah, like, yeah that's right. It's really popular, but it's like a day old and it's soggy and there's really not much there. Yeah, but it's really you know people bought it for sure. I mean, we're well, we can talk about top forty stuff. Probably in another segment, but I know. Uh, well, he he said Post Malone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a I lot think of people it's on this special. I just wanted to kind of talk about it because I thought that was strange. Well, it doesn't say. I, I, yeah, yeah. Keep. Sorry. It doesn't say what channel it's on. It just says Hitmakers Tell E was like a is where the article comes from. Um, it doesn't say where it is. I just thought that was kind of bizarre the more i think about this the more i think it makes sense elvis uh uh historically stole just straight up stole music from black artists Mm -hmm. and sold it as his own um is is there proof of that i haven't dove too deep into there's actually there's actually actually, it turns out that's why rock and roll as a term exists real well rock and roll (laughs) was invented by black people and then was popularized among white people by white people taking black songs and making and making them either whiter or just playing them wait they just straight up took the songs they just literally hound dog everyone knows it as an elvis tune not written by elvis it is uh, a big mama thornton it was big mama thornton's song yeah does she get credit for it in the writers? No. Oh no. my God! Really? And black rock and roll is what they called R and B. Right. They right. Separated right, 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 right. those. And so, I, no, I think this is all intentional from the the the, um, the uh, African American side, or is it from the Caucasian side? No, I think it's from it. the Caucasian side. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, it was yeah. the industry that's, people. That's, that's a genre yeah. labeling technique so, to separate the two genres. Post Post Malone. Also, yeah. yeah. Post Again, Malone right, is problems. is kind of yeah. doing the exact same thing. Yeah. He's taking black culture and he's marketing it towards not black people and i think he's doing a way worse job at it too mm. man than elvis did at the very least elvis i feel like was trying to play the song i don't i don't know well then again maybe really maybe weird. it's about the same it was probably an outrage back then with some of the communities mm-hmm. kind of like now but anyway super bizarre yeah we talked about brad meldow <laughs> um he's coming out with a new album a live album with um i think it's charlie hayden Have you oh. heard about this no, I it was, didn't. It was a live album done in Europe. Uh, they're doing just a duo album, and they're releasing it soon via. I can't. I think it's it's not Interscope. I can't find the record. Um, it might be his normal. It might be Nonesuch. That's the album. It's Impulse. It's, it's Impulse. It's okay. uh, but it's Charlie Hayden, Brad Meldow, Long Ago and Far Away. It's just the duo, and um, I didn't know if you heard a lot of Brad Meldow's like duo stuff. Like he did something with um the guy from Nickel Creek name. Yeah, he did, and that's What's a cool his name? thing. Mark. His name? No, no, he's, uh, no, no, it's it's Chris Thiele. Chris, Chris Thiele. He did. I don't need you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, it's Chris Thiele, and that was like that was a pretty cool album. I mean, his collab, a big influence for us is his collaboration with Mark Giuliano, Meliana. Meliana. 
Um, Taming, that's the a thing? Taming the Dragon. Taming the Dragon, the yeah. album. That's the only reason. Dude, honestly, dude that's, you are that's sleeping that. on this. That's where oh my I, God. That's where I yeah. first. That's why we have this podcast. That's where I first heard Mark Giuliano was on this album. And, and then he got popular because he was doing all, other. With David like, Bowie and everything. Yeah, all this yeah. other stuff as well. But Oh, the, the, but, the Black Star? No. That was Mark Giuliano. Oh, okay. Black Star, yeah. But, but yeah. so his duo stuff, the, the Chris Thiele stuff is very interesting. I think it's really cool. I, I didn't really con- connect with a lot of the songs, but I felt the exact same way about the Mark Juliana, Brad Meldow thing until I revisited it like years later. Mm. So I, maybe the Chris Thiele thing will uh, connect with me in the future. Eventually. We might yeah, be like eventually. more mature, maybe listen to music differently I, now. I don't know. But, I don't know. but it's hard to say. But you know? the Charlie Hayden thing is, that's awesome. I mean, I forget who, he did a duo with... Uh, with another pianist that I really liked, and I can't remember what it, what it was. I know he did the Pat Metheny. Yeah, actually, thing. I think it was Pat Metheny. No, 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 did, it was um, it was it was a guitarist. Yeah. But this kind of ties me in on his um, website. He talks about that, but then he also talks about his relationship with uh, Roy Hargrove, who recently mm. passed away. Oh, um, yeah. And I was kind of deep diving. I don't know how much you guys like or know about Roy Hargrove. Love him. Like the R- yeah. RH Factor or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, he was on dialysis. Dialysis. For years, really, due to his kidney, and then this was like he had uh, cardiac. What did I say? No, no, no that's what I, that's oh, what okay. I was asking. I was yeah, asking. Roy Hargrove. Yeah, yeah. He uh, was on dialysis for a number of years, at least according to this article, uh, off of uh, Heavy.com. It, NPR reports, excuse me, that Hargrove's cause of death was cardiac arrest, and it was due to uh, reasons of kidney function. Wow. Which goes to show, go to the doctor, even if you can't <laughs> afford it, musicians. Yeah. Please get, get yeah, health right. insurance. Get health. Well, insurance. that's that's a whole other topic. We'll have a round table. Yeah, I guess. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but another but reason why I have a day job. Anyway. <laughs> well, no, I mean, back to your day job. It's it's true. Like benefits. Benefit. Mm. So real. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend and I talk about that all the time. Like benefits. I'm Canadian, so I if I wanted uh-huh. to, I could move and um, get their health insurance. It would take me about a year, but. It could happen. Mm. Who knows when? How long Obamacare is going to last for a lot of musicians that need it? It's yeah, they're they're not do, they're not making it easy this year. That's, that's yeah, fucking sure. Well, we're not going to dive Jesus. into that. Yeah. I, I try to avoid politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. All now, one of my favorite sections of this podcast, the reason why I wanted it to happen is this section called Whip It Out, your phone, that is. Whip out your phone, and we're going to look at the... <laughs> God. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to open up Spotify or Apple Music, whatever you got. We're going to look at the last dude. five things we all listen to. I'm going to tell you mine just so we have we, uh, have something to bridge up the time. The last five things I've been checking out, uh, Paul Simon was recently on SNL, and I talked about SNL last podcast, but he did Bridge Over Troubled Water with like an African groove underneath it. It was amazing. Check that out. Um... I yeah, recently dove awesome. into uh, you know like guys like Sarah Bareilles by chance. I'm gonna I mean, write you a love song. That's a good song. I don't care what you say. This song called Manhattan. <laughs> Wait, I think I had the wrong artist. Yeah, Manhattan. I'm gonna write you a love song. Is that Sarah Bareilles? Yeah. Okay, cool. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway, what's Manhattan? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good song by her. It's like a kind of a chill ballad. Check cool. that out. Cool. Uh, Marcus King came out with a new album. Uh, Marcus, Marcus King, King band. Who's you guys? Marcus King. Hmm. Who's Marcus? Marcus King. You don't know him? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, this dude, he was signed by, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, whose record label is he signed to? Uh, Warren Haynes, right? Oh, wow. He was signed, signed to Warren Haynes Record cool. Company. They found him. This dude is awesome. He plays like crazy guitar. He has like this deep, raspy voice. I like oh, him a lot. Awesome. He came out with a new album called Carolina Confessions. 
Um, the tune on there that I'm going to list is called Homesick that it's been stuck in my head for a cool. little while. Um, the fourth thing I got is uh, the band Three Oranges from Philadelphia. Oh, very nice. Do you know them? Yeah, we, we, we played on a bill with them. Oh, with Sam and uh, all those guys. Yeah, They're yeah. great. They have an album on uh, Spotify called Dry Water. Check that out. And the fifth thing, I don't know if Arjun likes this guy, but I've recently kind of dove into Tommy Igo. Okay. He's got a band called Groove Conspiracy that I've kind of been checking out. I've been digging it. It's self-titled. Uh, check that out. Do you, do you like any of his stuff? I, I know like more about like his playing style, I guess, mm. than in like any of like, his stuff? projects. No, just like watching videos of him and stuff. Like okay. I haven't like do- uh, dived into like his actual like repertoire. I guess yeah. there's discography. Group conspiracy sounds. Group conspiracy. Cool. Check it out. I is like that, it. Is that the I one like with it. The I have turtle been... on the front. Hmm? Is that the one with the turtle on the front? No. This oh, it's just kind of like one of those. It almost looks like a brewery logo. Oh, on okay. The front. I'll, I'll show it to you afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what do you guys got, uh, Arjun? How about you go first? All right. I'm opening up recent tracks. Yeah, that's on... the way to do it. Go to. Well, I, you can't open up your history on Spotify, so I'm on my last FM account, which I got years ago. It, it tracks all my stuff. Oh, so, awesome. So see. you know exactly what you're listening to. I have a record of everything I've listened to for the most part since 2008. That's on disgusting. Here. It's really, it's actually not bad. We can That's go into trends. <clears throat> all right, what do you got? Last right. five things. All right, all right, all right. Sunny Shine, You Belong With Me. And you oh, guys play for I her? played on that track. That's probably why I was listening okay. to yeah. it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it says 23 hours ago. That's what I did. So You were, uh, you were like, yeah, I'm awesome. It's cool. It's we all do it. <laughs> I mean. No, we don't. We, we all do it. <laughs> At least I'm being honest. All right. Uh, there's something called Clarence Clarity. Oh, I, yeah. You showed me I that last night. I, don't, I still don't know who this person is, but he makes really cool. some really crazy like pop-influenced glitch EDM stuff. It's really good. Okay. Clarence Clarity. I'm, I'm a big fan. One of my coworkers showed me this. It was good. Um, Agudos Clef. They're a hip-hop group from Trenton that we've played with. Okay. They're Dominican, and they make Spanish rap music in yeah. the Spanish language. Also. No Soy Yo is the song. Oh, what? They rap in English and Spanish, and they're they yeah. Kinda, they, 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 I guess they're and They kind of go in and out yeah, of it. They, yeah, they're okay. they're awesome. They're, they're awesome. Really, really yeah, cool. they have a, they have a, they're on Spotify. Big too. band, or is, or is it's just a like duo. The, it's just it's two a of duo. them. Oh, and yeah. And they're they're still kind of local, but uh, they're rad. Yeah, they're really cool. We met them at a, another show that we played at some point. So. And then I have the Bad Plus, um, that album they did that was called like So Far Out or something, mm. and it was like the one they did like Comfortably Numb, and they did Lithium. And they did like "How Deep Is Your Love" and Barracuda, and so I was checking that out. Have you? Che- did you ever get to see them when they played Chris's? They did like a four night stand, like not at Chris's. Three night stand. We didn't see them at Chris's actually. Okay. Was that recently? No, this was a while ago. Okay. This is pro- when did you guys move to Philly? Twenty fifteen fall. Oh, it would have been before you moved here then. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that recent that you guys moved into town. Mm. Has it been? Is that still recent? Now it's like almost three years well, running. Well, the reason yeah. why my head—I've been with Hambone Relay for almost three years, and it's almost felt like a flash. So right. the first time I met you guys was playing with Paul Hosenic, which we didn't talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, the captain, the pilot, the driver. I saw you guys. You opened for my acoustic show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I first met you guys, and y'all are nuts. And then I played with Logan for that same band. I guess you couldn't do that set of dates. Um, and then I saw you guys play as Trap Rabbit. Mm. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And was that four things or was that the fifth thing? I think that was four. That was four? Give me number five. I'll give you, I'll give you one more. Cool. Um, Is it something else that you're on? No, no. I'm it's, amazing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's K-pop. Give it to me. I got it. So I got. You and Jonggi Go. It, the song is called Sum. Uh, S-U-M? 
S O M E. Okay. Um, it's just really good. Are you into K-pop? Sometimes. There's this this is pretty rad. Okay, it's super good because they love Neo Soul and the stuff that they write is like, oh wow. Anyway, there's a video of Jack Black on a Korean game show where literally he just like they put headphones oh, on him yeah, so and good. then and oh he then sings it right he has to sing the K-pop songs and, like the, and, the, and the Korean game show contestants like <laughs> have so to figure funny. out what song he's singing but he's just like going and it's like it's almost like obnoxious and like you're almost like is this offensive to them and then they're like yo he's really good uh, yeah. <laughs> they're like really impressed with Jack Black and they get him all right because Jack is doing something right anyway that's where I found that song. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna put that in the Spotify list. What do you What do you got, Logan? Okay. Um, These are all tunes that he's most, played on. the mo- The most recent thing was Lil Baby. By what? Uh, uh, is that a drip person? Drip too hard. Yeah, Lil Baby. Drip too hard is a song. The beat is pretty cool. Um, let's keep going. Mm. The one after that, actually, yes, I am on. I was listening to it because it just got put out literally today. It's Rachel Andy's project. It's called yeah. Tume Mankes. Yeah, she's coming in next week. Yeah, so uh, I have that up here uh, because I actually hadn't listened to the the final masters, so I wanted to check them out. Uh, for people that aren't that aren't uh, aware, sometimes you play on a project and then you don't hear about it for a while, and then you forget you played on it, and then they put it out. You're like, oh yeah. So then sometimes you yeah. do have to listen to it. I mean, I had definitely, you know, we, we had been keeping in touch, but but I, I, I hadn't listened to all the final masters. That's great. But, but anyway, Congrats. she's awesome. Her songs are super dreamy, and it was it was fun playing on that different type you're, of music that I played. So. You're dreamy. Oh, thanks. Mm. All right. What's number three? Uh, number three is Cannibal Ox. Hip-hop, sort of MF Doom You show me style. that. Cannibal Ox is awesome. So the song, the album is called The Cold Vein, and it's it's like... I really like the beat making mostly uh that's it feels like a collage of just samples and it's just super cool. Yeah, like like MF Doom sort of style. Um what is that? So that's one, two, three. Number four would be Meliana, uh mm-hmm. uh which is Mark Juliana and Brad Meldow. Um the track is called uh You Can't Go Back Now. Um and it's it's pretty much just a Mark Juliana feature. He's doing this crazy stuff. Oh, you gotta listen to it. You'll have to listen to it afterwards I'll, on the no, playlist. I mean, yeah, what, yeah. It's, I'm gonna it's, compile these. I'll. Uh... It's it's nuts. And then number five would be uh, I oh wait wait I was listening to something on the soul playlist. What was I listening to? Do you guys the do the playlist? One. Like you check out the playlists that are on like Spotify, or, like just sometimes either different artists or like artist radios or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have my Discover Weekly. Okay. I, I use it. You know, actually, it's 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 fine. I I don't like Spotify as like a concept because it's just like I need I need music discovery to be a little bit more than this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's oh. it's so constraining. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate because because pe- certain it. record companies pay for you, for you to be seen more on some of these platforms. Right. I just don't like discovery being dictated by an algorithm. You know, this was, yeah, that's yeah. all. I just like I much prefer someone like messaging me and telling me to listen to something, which happens more often. That's where I'm getting my you know recommendations. I, I, from. I read a really interesting article recently. It was about algorithms. And it was like algorithms are supposed to be specific. This is a huge tangent. I'm sorry. But algorithms are supposed to be like, you know, uh, truth. It's like a computer thing that makes it. And so everything is is like completely separate from opinion or, or whatever. But I read an article from a, a computer scientist who's like, no, that's the exact opposite. An algorithm is actually 
the person who writes the algorithm their opinion on what is valuable and what is not valuable. Oh, so when you're looking at what Spotify, through the filter exactly, you know? and it's not it's not a computer's filter; it is a person's filter. That's fascinating. Who so, wrote that algorithm? Who wrote the algorithm? So with Spotify, like you're getting discovered, you're getting out. Al- it's all algorithmic, but like there's a person behind the algorithms. Like there's someone who's curating what comes to your ears, which is cool on one hand. But not cool on another hand because oh. they have they have more control over what you hear, right? And they, they can kind you just of have to make sure you. you just have to make sure you have a wide variety of sources of music. I'm sure you know? Spotify's hiring machine learning programmers now, and you know they'll they'll get around to that. <laughs> so multiple people Eventually. will dictate, yeah. yeah, or it'll be an ever evolving. And um, maybe they can get Skynet, around to uh, paying Sky. us, you know? Yeah, one um, day, one day, one day. Uh, I think number five. I think we, number five. Here's number five. I was just showing this. It wasn't actually on like the Spotify Soul playlist. This is like my Soul playlist. Okay, and. Uh, I was showing Arjun this last night, I think. Uh, it's called Nothing Wrong by Wayne Snow, and it's just a cool track. Okay. That's it. I, it. It came up on my Discovery Weekly That's sick. Uh, I'll check playlist. that out for sure. Yeah, and that's it. That's amazing, man. It's so great. We've only done two of these, but it's so great hearing all these different all this different music because I'm just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I would have never even dove into K-pop, but now I have to listen to it now because I have to curate to. the playlist, which yeah. is great for me. <laughs> so I get to listen to all this crazy stuff. And thank you for coming on today. Um, next up, we're going to talk about the top 40. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the top 40 on this show or podcast is we typically hate the top 40, or I do. And sometimes, just to force ourselves, like, what does the public like? I will dive through the top 40, and I'll find something that I, I, I actually enjoy. And the reason I'm going to list my one track is my friend, uh, Jake Summers, he plays drums for this artist, and this this artist is doing great things. The song is called "She Got the Best of Me" by uh, an artist called Luke Combs, who's doing really great in the country scene. Really great singer. My buddy plays drums for them, not on the recording, but when they go on tour and live stuff. Yeah, it's a great track. Um, last week, I think I mentioned uh, Ariana Grande's "Like Thank You Next" was pretty cool. Mm. I like that. And then what's the uh, the other one? Um, the shallow song off of uh, the uh, Stars Born, the movie. Okay, is really oh, good. Cool. What'd you guys find? Logan, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. So <laughs> Did I list the one? I will. I will. I will. And uh, you know, the little baby that I I said in the last segment that was because uh, uh, that's because was of this. Look, segment? I was looking Ooh. at the I was looking at the the top forty, and so this song has a it's it's pretty classic. It sounds like almost everything else that's on the top 40 right now but so it's called drip too hard and um i think it takes what that top 40 style is you know that triplet feel mm. uh really sparse beats but it takes it I, I really like the beat it's really simple it's like it's just kind of a warbly guitar sample and um i don't know it's cool it's it's a cool thing um that's great i'm and, gonna check that out and then there's the there's the ariana song Ariana Grande song, God is a Woman. It's a really Your eyes song. just fluttered, bro. Like, it's like, do you want to talk about it real it's quick? Good. It's just like really, Ariana Grande, as far as pop artists go, she's great. She she really is. She, she has a great voice. She has a great song team, songwriting team behind her. She's just doing good things. Doing good things. What you got, bro? So the, the first one was Better Now by Post Malone, but I already dove into that. And yeah, so, you know, I don't need to talk about that again. But just to reiterate on that song, good hook, bad words. And uh, <laughs> I got fooled by a good hook. Hook, hook as in melody. Or yeah, the chorus. Okay. You know, just checking. It's just like you know, it's not innovative pop hip hop at all, and it's almost like disrespectful to the genre. 
and the things that people do within the genre. You've uh, you, you feel very strongly about this. <laughs> it's true, yeah. I mean, he's just like tricked. you know, it's like if this is what all the teenagers want. Like, I don't think it's all of them. I just think like he's certainly some of them. There's just like an alternate reality happening, mm-hmm. and he's like very representative of this alternate reality where people just don't care where things came from. But also, that's been happening. For a long time. For a long, long time. Through right. for everything ever. So let's go to a different song real quick. What you got, bro? Maroon Five, Girls Like You. Okay. With Cardi B. With Cardi B, because uh, I I happen to enjoy Maroon Five sometimes, <laughs> and Songs About Jane is one of the best albums. Like, could not disagree at all. Mm-hmm. I love that album. It's a great album. As far as pop music goes, for me, that's a seminal album. You know, but you know that whole like. That sound, it's like, man, when did they decide that they were never going to revisit that again? Well, I think I have the answer. Really? In the Rolling Stone, there's a Rolling Stone article. I think they've gotten rid of it. But there was a Rolling Stone article where the um, the guitar player, what's his name? Uh, Valentine, James Valentine, did an interview with uh, somebody from Rolling Stone, I think it was. And he said, like, they released um, uh, Hands All Over Me, the record with, like, the naked girl on the bed. And then he said, like, yeah, I'm not sure where we're going after this. It, it kind of sounded like he was. They were like calling it quits, and then Adam Levine got that uh, TV show, no, The Voice. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then what I think happened. This is me guessing, is that it's Adam Levine's songwriting crew, and instead of him creating the Adam Levine brand, they just kept the Maroon Five brand alive. I wonder mm. if they like bought out the other band members through like a shareholders agreement. They probably get paid, better or or, be, or better not. They better hope they didn't, because the they're probably getting paid bank to yeah. do like, nothing. Well, they I think they write with him, but like they're just like okay, it's a pop yeah. gig now. Like, are yeah, they yeah. even touring with him? Like, it's mm-hmm. been a pop gig for a while. Is like, but like, the band's expanded. It's like seven artists. Uh, oh. PJ Morton people. used to play for them. You know PJ Morton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he should be in the top forty. That guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. But like, anyway, I don't know. I listen to girls like you, and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like Adam Levine. Like, I wish you could just go back to doing Sunday Morning. That's all I want. Mm. I just want you to play with a real band. He'll you be know. like, "Fuck you! Look at my millions." Yeah, <laughs> that's why he's in the top care. forty. Yeah. yeah, there was just there was some there was some fire there that they had, and then they just like you know, and, and still he writes he writes catchy hooks, so I'll give him that. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting song for Cardi B too, because I, I thought that she is like she's normally like a tough girl, or she's like she's got like her persona, but on that track specifically, she like is not that way. She's like a different persona. She's like kind of like softer and like. Do you think that was intentional by the Maroon 5 people, or do you think that was oh, her? Well, I don't know. I have like, a, is that like her new direction? I don't think it's her new direction, I, but I definitely, I feel like the Maroon 5 people were like, this is a different song. This is a chance to show a okay. different side of you. Kind of like when Kendrick was she, on that Maroon she, 5 song. She is an Instagram, oh my God, right. Mm-hmm. That happened? That happened. Mm-hmm. She, she got famous, Cardi <laughs> B got famous off of Instagram. She was like. She didn't like, do music. And like, you know, she, she got into music after she got like famous for just being Cardi B like yeah. on Instagram. And so like this whole thing is just Maroon 5 being on, like, yo, it, the beat works for her. Just show. put her in. It she doesn't is? matter. She, I think she was on a reality show or something. There was something else that launched. You her heard it here, folks. What? No, yeah, I could be wrong. Wow. Don't quote me on that. Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> all the emails. Um, all the emails. All the emails. Um, all right. So. He, this brings us to our next segment. Mm. One of the last segments It's called Lightning Round. I'm going to oh, say, geez. like, your favorite such and such or your first such and such. You have to give it to me. And then uh, at the end, we'll have a, uh, we'll call it the sideman list. And you can list all of the people that y'all play with. Let's start with Logan. Okay. Just relax. Just shake it out. I'm not good at thinking on the spot. All right. Y'all. So first album you ever owned. 
<laughs> it can um, be embarrassing. Uh, Waiting for My Rocket to Come by Jason Mraz. That's a great album. It was actually a good album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was actually two. So it was two because was, they were given to me as a gift. It was Waiting for My Rocket to Come and it was the uh, the Foo Fighters album with the with the bleeding heart. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. First show you ever saw. Like, first big concert. The Strokes and um, they were playing with I can't remember who else it was because I only remember the Strokes and they were awesome. They were, oh, that's yeah, they, they they killed it. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite song to play. In the right now. Right now. Okay. Right now. Uh, right now, my favorite song to play is. Uh, uh, lightning round. So I just have to say it. Um, I say Upward Mobility, our tune. The, new, Mobi- the, new, the tune. new one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that'll be hopefully on a new album. Yes, it, coming out very soon. We're going to put it out as a single. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. We're oh, awesome. Yeah, we're going to record it this Here, month. I'll ask you about that in a minute. Uh, least favorite song to play. Least favorite song to play. You can say a cover. Uh, um, oh, I mean, okay. My least favorite song to play is Piano Man. Oh, that's a good pull. Okay, there you go. Mm, you answer. hear one more request for it. You probably kill somebody, right? Uh, favorite <laughs> local unheard musician that you believe deserves recognition? Philly local. Favorite's pretty t- pretty tough, man. Right now, who's who's like burning inside? Like that person deserves more, or that band deserves more. They they're rad. They're taking off. You know what? Yeah, I think there's 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 one there's a, a rapper who I think like a lot of people don't know his name is yikes the zero and he's awesome and i've only seen him out like on the scene a couple times and he kills it every single time i'm gonna say that okay uh guilty pleasure artist or album guilty pleasure artist or album i don't know if this counts as a guilty pleasure i I bring it up to people and they're like what but uh, dave matthews band straight up uh which one ants marching that's a great one. one. It's a great album, Woo! and it's like awesome. Argent, Argent agrees. It's a great album, and yeah, it, it doesn't feel like a guilty pleasure to me. But. Favorite album of all time right now? Favorite album of all time right now. Uh, well, I have to think when you th- when you say album, it has to be the entirety of the album. It can't yeah, just be like tunes. a couple songs shine through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the greatest albums in modern at least at least in the past 10 years it has has to be um choose your weapon by Heidi's coyote i think Yo. it's just like a really well put together album it, now forgive me i only i think i listened to it one time it was it talib quali who rapped on that i was or, on or is that, that the that other was album? on the previous ep that, yeah, talk yeah, tomahawk. yeah talk tomahawk that's the one my brother showed me yeah okay that was their debut uh favorite artist of all time right now oh jeez. this is the hard one so take a second Favorite artist of all time. Eternal. That's that's too Miley. It might be my, no. <laughs> uh, um, I would have to say it would have to be. Oof. This is really hard. Um, you want you want us to come back to you? Yeah, come back. To me. Arjun, okay, ready? Yo, first album you ever owned. I uh, get rich or die trying by Fifty Cent. Woo! First show you ever saw? I believe it was probably something Bollywood related because my parents took me to those. Really? So, yeah, like Adnan Sami or like maybe like uh, like a Bollywood like showcase thing in like a theater in New Jersey, or the Kodo Drummers. I saw the. If Kodo we had more Drummers. time, we would dive into that. Yeah, Kodo Drummers like more. some Japanese thing. Those are I definitely saw those shows as a kid. First like real rock and roll show in my memory was definitely seeing Fish when I was like eighteen. 
Oh, wow. Honestly, I never really made it to any like big shows until that moment. I was like, this is dope. Well, I didn't see any shows till late, too. I think my first big concert was Billy Joel. Oh, nice. Cool. So, unfortunately, Piano Man was playing, but oh, the band was sorry. Awesome. I saw I saw Roy Hargrove and what was the th- uh, I saw Sonny Rollins' 80th birthday concert when I was in high school. Oh, that's cool. That's a big one for me. Yeah, because Roy Hargrove was there too. He and was playing Christian McBride. Yeah, I was all the way in the back. I had nosebleed tickets, but that's it was dope. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Uh, favorite song to play? Um, you can say your own. Yeah, I could say my own. Um, I would actually give it to a cover that I've been playing because I love Trap Rabbit songs, but I, I play them all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to that Lettuce song, either The Flu or what's, oh, what's that other one? So good. What's the other one that's not The Flu? That one. I like that, that one. one. They, both have, they both have vamp-oriented drum solos at the end, and I oh, just I, love playing Adam them. Deitch, I, we saw them. We, sound, we saw that Deitch. band uh, uh, with Turquoise. <laughs> Oh, Turquoise is another live show that's crazy. Um, but uh, favorite? No, least favorite song to play. Oh man, um, probably like anything that's like, like a just a badly timed blues or something. Just like a shuffle blues. Mm-hmm. I don't mind playing a shuffle blues, but if someone just goes like, "This is what we're gonna play now for twenty minutes," I'm not very happy. Yeah, as a drummer, anywhere. it's kind of hard for me to tell you like a specific song, but you know. But doing that, but doing that very. Yeah, very I'd rather play a ballad because mm-hmm. ballads are difficult. Yeah, to do it well know. is satisfying with color and yeah. things yeah. like that. Uh, favorite local unheard of musician or um, band artist? Man, um, you know, there's so many that I think should be getting famous and should get recognition. I'm just gonna say I think uh, like Sunny Shine's band is gonna get bigger I think her sound is really really good and she's got like a unique thing going and every mm-hmm. time I see them play there's something unique and more tight about the group that I think is great same with Rachel Andy's group some mm-hmm. of that stuff is really beautiful and uh, I just hope like her music and her voice it comes out in whatever mm-hmm. form in the future alright uh, Guilty Pleasure artist or album oh, Guilty Pleasure um, I, I love like um, um, what's that what's that stuff called like uh, um like really bad like elevator jazz. I'm trying to think of like stuff that falls under <laughs> like this. Or Kenny? Like, like Kenny G. No, like, no, 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 no. That's not that's not that's pleasure. Dentist music, that's me. not pleasure. No, I'm talking about like um there's there's a name I'm looking for here. Dave Matthews band, by the way, totally falls under the under the thing, but it's uh <laughs> Philip Martin. It's like it it's it's just it sounds like this. All right, cool. Okay. Yeah, that's it. All right. it. It gets real cheesy. It gets real cheesy. Just, um, uh, yeah. All right, favorite album of all time? The L.A. Woman by The Doors. Favorite artist of all time? Right now. Right now. I would say it's consistently been, like, uh, until recently, I would say it's been Wolfpack in a mm. lot of ways. I could, I could give them the top spot for, like, the last two years or so. Okay. Yeah, just based on, like, the way they market themselves, the way they've, like, Reinvented what it means to be an independent band. They do a really it's, great job. It's inspiring mm-hmm. on like a lot of different levels. So. We f- we f- we feel that we we look at some of the videos and like some of the uh, promotions they do for like social media. Like they did it they, first. Yeah, they yeah. They're becoming they like the Simpsons because like every cool thing that you want to do is like Wolfpack did it. Yeah, yeah. Wolfpack did it. Yeah. Um, all right, back to Logan for your favorite artist of all time. Okay, right now. so I had to just think about like influential versus like uh, doing doing like the the thing that I'm trying to do, which is um, making things that's, I think everyone's trying to do it, but just making things that, that's artistic, but also like 
isn't so in my own world or in my own head that no one else can connect with it. And I think that's Stevie Wonder. I think he's mm. like the guy who wrote, like if you look at his songs, they're way more complicated they, than they sound. And I think that is... Making that sound simple is very awesome. difficult. Yeah. yeah, and also like I go and I listen, I try to learn, he's part, of, like his left hand is what I try to model my left hand off of most of the time. Oh, so it's like both, he's very influential. Like, I, yeah, there we go. That's it. Okay, very cool. All right, what's your next show, guys? The 7th of December. Friday. Yeah, but this will come out after that. Yeah. So, so what's after that? Something in January, you said, right? Uh, we we have a couple shows in January. We're playing... Oh, actually, no, no, no. Before that, we're playing in Ambler. Uh, Where? Uh, at the, at uh, Forest Is, is the Oddity Maine? Bar not happening? That bar is great. Yeah, um, I've heard. I've played, we are playing in the Oddity Bar as well. I forget when that is. I think that's in two weeks, but... Yeah, Forest uh, in Maine, my buddy actually runs. I taught the, the oh, Maine no Brewer drum lessons. Cool. For a long time. Uh, he's fantastic. His name's Dan. Yeah, everyone who's played there has told us to play there. Yeah, they have great beer. Or everyone uh, that I've talked to has played there. Compensation is good. Um, but it's a cool place. Sometimes they have a uh, walk-in crowd. Sometimes they don't. But it depends on the time of year and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys mentioned something about an album. So we're, we are in we are in the works of scheduling our time for our album. I can't. Because all this is super in the air and nothing has been signed, nothing has been like, like, fully solidified. I can't really dive into it too much, but there's a potential that we could be working with some pretty cool people, um, and I'm excited to do that. I'm hoping to start our recording process end of January, beginning of February. We are doing a recording session at the end of December right now that we just booked, yes. and so that's where we're gonna hopefully get like a single out and that we can just put out some content that you know will be a precursor that to will next probably release. come out late january yeah we're right. just trying to get some more stuff out there for people to listen to just you like know. us yeah. professional stuff yeah it just doesn't have to be a whole album but like just a single song you right know. like we've been talking to you guys you guys will hopefully be joining us in studio to do one of our tunes hmm. uh mm. if you guys are down uh i know you're playing logan's going to be playing on one of our tunes nice. very um, excited and i would love to do double drums on it too nice, so we'll yeah. figure that out um where can people find you online? Uh, we got traprabbit.com. We've got our Facebook. Trap Rabbit Music. We've at Trap Rabbit Music on Instagram. On Instagram. We have a Twitter. Don't look at it. Don't. We don't do it. <laughs> Twitter is one problem. of those things that we, we just have not. We just have not tackled Twitter. Uh, but, you know, Bandcamp. Spotify. I'm looking streaming. into getting a, I'm looking into getting a Teespring account so we can sell apparel online. Mm. Um, are you joking or you're serious? I'm serious no, because it's, apparently it's not that huge of an investment. And if you can just get a shirt design uploaded there, p- you know, people who don't live in the area can at least order our shit mm. and get it to their house. Because I'm not going to pack this stuff up. I mean, I could. Maybe you I just should. don't want to. I just don't want to. <laughs> yep. You heard it here, folks. Not into packing. Oh, my God. All right, fine. You know, it's like what? I gotta, I, I'll got I'll pack some up. God, we've, we have we've, so much extra mediums from our you. last batch. <laughs> we've yeah. caught you. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my God. Well, dudes, thank you so much for coming. Can't thank you, thank Rob. you enough for having us here. Oh, this, is, it's, this has been so enjoyable. Oh, it's fun, yeah. man. I love talking music. And plus, you can check out all the music we talk about on Spotify on the uh, playlist we're going to have. And, um, yeah, thank you for coming and listening to Dude. Check this out. Thank you so much for listening to Dude. Check this out. 
Once again, if you want to learn more about Hambone Relay, please go to our website, hambonerelay.com, or go to iTunes to check out our records, or Spotify, which is where these playlists will be located for these episodes. And don't listen to the haters, man. There's plenty of good music out there. You just have to keep looking. See y'all later.